welcome back. It is week 132 on Out on That Line, your home for the New York Giants' biggest fan base. <laughs> Just had to acknowledge that it's been a terrible season. I'm here with my co-host, Alex. My name is Jeff. Alex, how you doing this week? Jeff, I see two handsome young boys with fresh new haircuts who are here to tackle a brand new album by one of their favorites. I think this is going to be a great one, Jeff. But first... <laughs> checking in with you here how are you doing i'm doing uh i'm doing very very well um we are going to talk about that album and i think it's going to be an interesting uh conversation we're obviously referring to chris stapleton the new album higher uh we'll talk about that a little later because there is something a lot more uh serious that's that's gone on so um i was gave you a little heads up before the show but i'm just going to say folks um trigger warning um certainly if you've experienced any sort of abuse or things like that, you know, just know that that's sort of what we're going to be discussing here. So just know that ahead of time, uh, trigger warning. So P Diddy, uh, Sean Combs is his real name has been accused by Cassie, the, um, R and B singer and, and maybe just general pop singer. Not sure exactly what genre, but, um, from, I think kind of the mid two thousands is around when, when she was known, um, so people of our age and and probably a bit older and maybe a little bit younger are going to know who she is. Well, she was you know dating or married to Sean Combs for uh, quite a while, number of years, I think. And over that time span, um, she was subjected to allegedly, this is all allegedly, but she has filed a report saying she was um, subjected to abuse of sexual nature of a physical nature of a mental nature just all around just kind of forced to do a lot of things um that were really no human obviously should ever have to go through um and now that she's speaking up it's it's tough because he does like carry a lot of weight in the industry he basically controls careers like he did to her i think um is i don't know if this was mentioned anywhere but kind of you know, she was good. I remember the songs that she came out with being very good. And I think he kind of didn't let her get that big, I suppose. Um, you know, you've heard a lot of kind of awful things about him over the years, but this is clearly the worst thing. Um, and it's going to be a really big moment in the industry, I think, because he's always been since the early 90s, like very important kind of what goes on, maybe less so lately, but he's still in charge of a, a large portion of kind of what's going to happen and what gets popular, um, within the like R and B and hip hop and even now the fashion industry. So, um, I don't know if you'd seen anything about this or, um, you know, kind of what your thoughts might be. Yeah, no, I hadn't seen or heard anything about this. Um, and it's pretty crazy. Like you said, because of everything that's wrapped up in it, it's pretty crazy to think about what the fallout of that, looks like and who could he take down with him you know what i mean mm -hmm. like he's someone and i'm not trying to be funny but he's always been kind of baby-faced because he's always contrasted with suge knight and suge knight mm -hmm. is like an insane asshole and i think somewhere out of there became this narrative of like good for him the entrepreneur who like came out on top in the end and i guess this is kind of what you get is he's mm -hmm. he's built his way up to that and so many people are connected through him now and to him now so what's like what's the next domino to fall yeah and i and i don't know i mean obviously i think this was a police report so clearly some there's going to be criminal charges or at least a civil suit or you know this is not this was not done for nothing um 
you know, I don't think the end goal was just to like put this out there. I think there are truly some consequences that um, he deserves clearly if the, if these things are true, um, but that people are actually going to try to obtain, um, you know, and I think if, you know, any one of the things that, you know, you can read, I read through a article on the guardian. Um, you can probably see it a lot of places and, you know, facts are facts, I guess. Um, so you should see hopefully similar information, in a lot of places, but the guardian article was the one I went, I read and it was pretty in depth. Um, and again, if you read that article trigger warning, because they do describe what happened and what she was subjected to during that time. Um, and this coupled with like other things that you've kind of always heard about Sean Combs about, you know, he's always been known as being very angry. Um, you know, Suge Knight just, I guess was that bad that people didn't see that in, in Puff Daddy back in that time became P Diddy or became Diddy then P Diddy, um, or vice versa. I'm not sure which way he went with that, but it's, it doesn't surprise me these things, you know, it's, it's obviously horrifying. Um, but I've never really thought him to be a good person, I guess. So when something like this happens, obviously you never assume or expect anybody of being capable of this sort of thing, but it just kind of goes to show like how easy it is for people in power. Like he was to really get away with that because if that started back then, I mean, this is almost 20 years later. I don't know exactly when she was around or when they got together, but I mean, this was a, a while ago. This was, I remember around high school time, maybe early college for me. So it had to have been in the mid two thousands. So like, this has been a long time coming if these things are true. Um, and he kind of deserves as severe of punishment as, as he receives on this. And there was something that I mentioned to you that I was going to wait to tell you about on the show, because it's just wild about this whole situation. So in this report or, you know, a, some maybe another source i'm not sure if it was all this was all included in the same report um there was a point where he threatened or joked or said something about blowing up somebody's car like a rival because they spoke to her or they were dating his ex or something like that something to do with a woman he was involved with i can't remember if it was cassie or somebody else but very around that time kid cuddy's car got blown up and they were always known to like not get along that well, I guess, during that time. It's not something I heard about back then, but obviously in retrospect, people are kind of connecting some dots. And I mean, if you're in addition to what he did to Cassie to be capable of like blowing up somebody's car. I mean, what else? Like there's there's questions about him ordering murders, not just with Tupac, like that was an accusation, but other folks as well that are not like well-known like them. So I, I mean, I don't know if the, this is clearly, I think he's done after this, as far as being able to have the kind of sway and power in the industry. But you know, this may very well result, who knows what else is going to come out about things that he's done and what possibly the statute of limitations might apply and what, you know, he might still be able to be charged with. And I think it's going to be really interesting to see what happens to him and kind of what happens to folks under him because folks like this don't tend to act alone. Well, and that's the thing was, look at R. Kelly. The whole music industry kind of closed ranks and kept that all a secret for so long. And then it came out. And now you have another domino that's going to fall with puff daddy p diddy diddy whatever the fuck he is at this point 
Sean Puffy Combs. I don't know. But it's if that if these two things are coming out, what else is out there? Because mm-hmm. like this chips away at the ability to keep these things secret. You can take down R. Kelly and Sean Combs, then like that's the pretty good start of kind of exposing whatever it is because people are always like epstein epstein and it's like yep that's all like we understand that but there are some people that are so blatant about it that they can publicly threaten to blow up a car and then blow up a car and everyone just goes eh. yeah that are you gonna do yeah and i mean apparently that happened a while ago like this was not recent so I mean, it, it's just, it's not like any of this stuff happened recently. Like, this has been, all of these things, again, allegedly are a pattern for him. You know, the things, he was involved in that shootout back in, the, I think, the late 90s, or maybe the early 2000s when he was dating J-Lo. I mean, it's just insane the things that he's been, like, in the orbit of and never really had anything stick to him. And finally, you know, and thank God that she had the the guts to do it. You know, if, if somebody is doing these sort of things, they deserve the punishment. So I hope if, if this stuff is true that he gets it. Well, what do you say we talk a little bit about this new album by Mr. Chris Stapleton? I'm into it, Jeff. I'm bullish. <laughs> I'm bullish on the prospect. Well, this uh, so Chris Stapleton historically has been a darling of the podcast. Um, you know, Traveler is a phenomenal album. Um, the Room, both volumes, fantastic. Um, I've really, really enjoyed most everything he's come out with um, since. I mean, I think a lot of folks can remember the first time they heard Tennessee Whiskey and you just heard this voice in country music that was just different. You know, it was a lot more bluesy than anything else you'd really hear on the radio. Um, and then he kind of kept building on that sound. So he'd have his more rock songs, you know, his Southern rock kind of thing you hear from like Blackberry Smoke or somebody like that. And then he'd have his ballads, you know, and then just kind of his straight up just country Western songs. He always kind of very much varied the types of sounds and songs and kind of the mixture of those on each of the albums. On this album, I felt like he did not do that whatsoever. Um, I really found myself bored is going to sound harsh, but I really can't think of another way to say it. You know, all of the songs were well done. Well, obviously he's a fantastic singer and the music was good, but there was a whole chunk in the middle of the album and, and essentially through the end that I honestly just kind of found myself bored. Are you fucking with me right now? No, no, I'm not. And I, and, and I'm really like disappointed to say so because there's some songs that like in a vacuum you know i just hear them i'd like them but just i felt like kind of one after another it was just not what i wanted you know there was just not enough variation it seemed like there were just it was ballad after ballad after ballad and he is very very good at those but he's good at a lot of things and i wanted to hear a lot of things there the thing is there were a lot of ballads and that's like right in the pocket for him but for me i had the exact opposite experience of you which is from like the middle on it just kept ramping up for me until Mm -hmm. the very very end and he like ended on a on a really like soft kind of repetitive ballad and i was like this is a nice way Mm -hmm. to cool down from this emotional exercise i (laughs) can't believe that you didn't like this. And I'm not like, you're crazy. I love when this shit happens mm-hmm. where it's like someone that we both 
kind of adore and there's a, a total mm-hmm. disagreement this is my yeah. absolute favorite <laughs> so and and i think honestly from what i've seen more folks are on on your side of things um and it's hard for me to say that it's a bad album you know i don't i don't think there was any part of me that was like upset about it or anything it just there was a couple points like i'll point out like white horse i like that oh baby um, south dakota i like that but as soon as it got to it takes a woman and then the fire think I'm in love. Like it just really until it hit white horse again, that was a high point. And then again, it just kind of very much was seemed very samey song to song, you know, outside of those couple different spots. What I really, what he dipped his toe into just a tight, the tiniest bit was a little bit of kind of like psychedelic rock. And I would have been so interested in hearing a lot more of that instead of just kind of ballad after ballad. He's so good at it, but it's just when you're as good at so many things as he is, I just I just wanted a little more variety. Oh, see, I felt like I got a whole ass variety mm-hmm. pack, baby, because he steers so hard into the soulfulness. Like mm-hmm. I was sitting in traffic and thinking to myself, I was like, my God, nobody's like doing what he's doing right now. Not because he's reinventing a genre, but his voice. Mm-hmm. You listen to the lyrics and stuff, and they're not that much of a head scratch. Dylan's Masters of War, they are not. And <laughs> it's that's been a while for that. I know. I'm pulling them out for an example. Um, but I, I, I take the point if anyone wanted to argue lyrics are not his strongest mm-hmm. thing. Absolutely. Which is also kind of wild because he started, he cut his teeth as a songwriter, which I love because when a songwriter goes from being a songwriter to a singer songwriter, mm-hmm. they've got that whole thing figured out. They've been working behind the scenes this entire time. Mm-hmm. Um, so I love that. And I love that that's how he started. And he just happened to find this incredible voice. And it's just gotten so much better. White Horse, when he fucking rips the top off of that one, mm-hmm. if I'm thinking of the song I'm thinking of, I think it's the bottom. They're just these like absolute, particularly yeah. with White Ooh, Horse. The bottom, the bottom was good. I yeah, like the bottom. bottom. That one was clever too. That yes. was some good like country cleverness. Absolutely, because you yeah. get something like South Dakota, which I would describe as like walking, walking tall music. Because I mm-hmm. walked from my building to the parking lot from work. And I was just like muscle walking to say, I'm in South (laughs) Dakota. And I love stuff like that. But then you have something like White Horse. Like it had what can only be described as like Jim Steinman levels of excitement. Mm -hmm. That song. Yeah. I I was thinking that you were the first person I thought of when I heard that song. Yeah. Yeah, I thought you'd love it. It was right up my alley because it wasn't predictable. Mm-hmm. Like that was, I think that was a big drawback on a lot of these songs is because I knew the way the song started was the way the song was going to end. And for me, I really love it when a song can truly go somewhere. And he's not necessarily one that's going to be like Rush where he's got different movements in a song or that sort right. of thing. But he definitely has has always been good at starting off with a certain level of intensity and then just like putting that pedal to the floor by the end of the song i mean it just like really really just building and building and building and i felt like well these songs were like really well put together and i'm sure there's going to be a point where i hear these songs or i'm in the right kind of mood and i really just kind of love what he's got on here but just not enough of it overall on the album jumped out at me to to put it up with like either the room albums or traveler um it's just 
not quite there as far as what I've heard from him in the past. Now, if he, I'm telling you, if he goes like the Sturgill route in Sound and Fury, like if he does an album like that, I'm going to, I'm going to shit a brick. I'll tell you what, because his voice is a weapon, an absolute weapon. The way he can sing anything, anything, he's got that, he can pull that gravel, that growl out of his voice whenever he needs it. So when they do those crazy like roadhouse blues rock songs he can just let it rip and then he's got the tenderness but still keeping a little bit of that raps so it has that kind of realness to it like he's that's where he shines and these a lot of these songs are absolutely perfect for him and his voice and he crushes it it just for some reason compared to the rest of his albums this one did not grab me like those did wow I, see, I'll I'll give it to you on something like the first single that came off of it. I think I'm in mm-hmm. love with you. I'm not crazy about that song. Mm-hmm. It's pretty repetitive. He doesn't really reach another gear mm-hmm. with what he's doing vocally, or even with like the way that the song is constructed. So I, I will put it to you. I will agree with the sentiment that something like that didn't come off all the way. Which is why leading mm-hmm. with with a single, I thought I would have the reaction you're having. Because I remember, I think I was like middle positive on starting mm-hmm. over when we did that one a couple years ago. There's just nothing really memorable off that except for the horrendously sad dog song. <laughs> yeah. Run, Maggie, run. I'm like, get the fuck out <laughs> yeah, of my face that, that shit. <laughs> I'm getting flashbacks to talking about that on the episode. That was that was a really, that was a bummer of a that song. Was, absolutely yeah. brutal Fuck, yeah all the way off yeah but you know starting over had arkansas i mean that's that song had some rippers or that it's album true. had some rippers on it and i really you know there was enough on that one and again i wouldn't even have put that one up with like either of the from a room albums or no. traveler i mean no. i think traveler is his strongest one so far because that's the one that really kind of set the tone for kind of what we were dealing with with this guy and it was it was probably I mean, the best voice in country music. I mean, I don't know who, who maybe there's other people that are more like technically better, I guess, but I don't even like Marin Morris. Maybe, I don't know. You maybe put people on the same level as him, but I don't know who you could possibly say is better um, at the level of talent that he's at and the level of, of kind of consistency in his performance. You can have a preference for somebody else, but you can't say they're better. Um, you know, he really does have, such a unique voice too. like you're always going to know when you're listening to Chris Stapleton um, there's so many country artists that I couldn't tell you I couldn't tell you Steve from Adam to be honest with you because they all sound the same they're all trying to have that bro country sound so that when you hear it on the radio it sounds familiar just like those other artists you like and you'd be like oh this guy's great and it sounds exactly the same as everything else you just don't want anything new and I think Chris Stapleton does a great job of being you know, a really good kind of crossover between somebody that's like a real outlaw country sort of person, like a Waylon Jennings or a Tyler Childers or a Sturgill in that kind of bro country. I think, I think he skews a little more towards like the radio friendly, you know, I don't think he's ever really taken huge chances with his music. And again, I feel like at this point in his career, that's kind of what I want to see. I want to see him do a sound and fury. I want to see him do like a sailor's guide to earth. You know, I want to see him do something that's just outside of what you think his wheelhouse is because he's got the talent to sing anything. 
you know, give me a straight like blues album. You know, give me something that's just a little bit different. Now, the blues album I'll buy, but the rest of that, I don't know if he's got it in him. And I'm not saying he's not capable of it. It's the Frank Zappa thing, right? Like, he could have been a pop star. He could have been big. He knew how to do it. He just chose not to do it. He walked a different path. And and I'm not saying, like, well, Chris Stapleton's holding on to something that he's going to deprive us all of. I just don't know that he has the instincts or the inclination to do much different than what he's doing. Because, like, on this, he's always had, like a light flirtation with what like cosmic country. Mm-hmm. But on this one, he kind of moved in a more like white boy funk direction. Didn't like open it all the way up with like a horn section and everything like mm-hmm. that. In fact, he stripped a lot of this shit down. Yeah. There's one song. I forget which one it is, but the whole percussion section is bongos. So it, it, he, he did do some interesting stuff within the boundaries of, the style that he's created for himself. And I think he's Mm -hmm. one of those wheelhouse players who, and prove me wrong, I don't know if he has a sound and fury in him. And again, it doesn't come down to talent. It comes down to his level of interest in that sort of thing. Mm -hmm. But I'll buy a whole blues album and God, what Mm -hmm. a treat that would be. Yeah. And and I I almost think that's part of, and it's funny you bring it up because it's not something I'd really put the consideration into but i think the level of like the production was good like everything sounded perfect but i wish there was more like think of like um i will always love you like by by whitney houston like think of the kind of wall of sound behind her voice on that song and while it's very much like great to hear how well he can sing and how well he can do it without needing all that stuff behind him. Like, what if you just try throwing a little bit of a wall of sound, like give me a horn section, you know, like, let's see what, you know, if he like really has a full band and full energy behind him, like, let's see what happens. You know, and I think like collaborate with somebody, you know, I, I really, that kind of voice, if this is just kind of what he always does, it's never going to be bad, but it could just be so much more. You know what? I just got struck with the absolute weirdest, most random collaboration that now I would give anything to see. Chris Stapleton with Silk Sonic. Right? I just heard that whole ass horn section and he just comes out because he has such a soulful voice and he yes. had a completely different gear with it on this album, which is what I loved. He's mm-hmm. found like new range. He can like hit higher notes. He can do more tricks. If you thought the run in Tennessee whiskey was impressive, he can do shit like that all over this thing. Mm-hmm. So I'm just imagining him. If, if he had like true, like the architecture of silk sonic Motown funk, yes. and he just has to bring like his a game. He's got to bring his Michael McDonald to this. Mm-hmm. You know what yes. I mean? Yes. Bring the that blue-eyed be, soul or go home. God, that would be so good. Like, anything he sings would be good. He could just be in an Elvis cover band, and it would be fantastic. But you could you could get so much out of that voice if you were doing, like, R&B and soul, just, like, straight up doing Because like, he does a lot of, you know, it's a country song, but the way he's singing it is very, like, R&B, is very soulful. Um you know, it really does fit in. You could probably just take some of the lyrics that he's already written and just turn them into that kind of song. You know, if it's all in 4-4 anyway, you could absolutely do that. Oh. Speed it up, slow it down how you need to, but it's like, 
you know it's just you could for sure make that happen he would sound so good with somebody like that or imagine him as like just in front of like earth wind and fire Mm. you know just like a straight up like kind of r&b funk band like that well you know who we need to produce this who dave Grohl. (laughs) we're starting an all-star squad you can't leave dave on the bench (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yeah i think he we the only way this this works is if he gets his greasy little fingers on it i think you gotta get them smudgy <laughs> yeah. little dave girl fingerprints on everything baby just makes it better yeah. i you know what i think would be awesome for chris stapleton to cover and he because there's a lot of room within it for him mm-hmm. to make it his own and like pull off some vocals that don't really get done in the song. We're talking about great covers last week. I bet he could rip on a cover of Sharp Dress Man. Ooh, yeah. I could just hear his voice and just like, yeah, getting to do like all kinds of different funky yeah. high stuff. And also, I mean, any ZZ Top song. Yeah. Why not just open it up like anything? Literally. I want to, you know what I'd like to hear him say? I'd like to hear him sing some meatloaf. Maybe right. not the like big time opera songs that he does, but more like the straightforward rock songs like Midnight at the Lost and Found. Interesting. Interesting pick. Yeah. Interesting pick. I could um if you got the right female singer to have them do Dead Ringer. Oh, oh can you yeah. fucking imagine? Yeah. That's we're put that out in the universe. I want Can you can you even if that if it ever happens and Chris Stapleton releases a meatloaf cover like there's literally no no other ripple, no other pebble that's been dropped in the stream to suggest that sort of thing. If it happens, it was us. Absolutely. 100%. Yeah. <laughs> I, I that song is so fucking awesome and it is ripe <laughs> for the picking and no one has ever touched it. Yeah, well, t- I mean meatloaf and share it's tough to touch <laughs> god damn it i guess so yeah. it is a, it is a sacred sacred thing and i'm not saying who it is a lot of people are saying i'm not saying but you find like the perfect female vocalist to go with chris stapleton on something like that similarly unconventional with him because i don't know who i put on that other like who follows up meatloaf you know what i mean mm-hmm. no one has a voice like that no but if you go in a similar same same but different type direction Chris Stapleton, mm-hmm. baby, you got yourself a stew. Mm-hmm. What if you do somebody like Jennifer Hudson as the? Mm. Yeah. Oh my God. Yeah, now we're talking. That's <laughs> yeah. some steamy, creamy risotto. You yeah, just we just, in my we lap. just. What what do you call that? Is that fan fiction? What do you call that? Oh, shipping. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We, are we, we standing Jennifer Hudson and Chris <laughs> yeah. Stapleton? Well, she only ever does other people's songs, so it would it would be fitting. In a nightmare world, it's Usher and Kelly Clarkson. So, you know. <laughs> well, hey, Kelly Clarkson actually would be. <sighs> I don't know because she's always been, you know, she's the mom shilling for throw pillows on Wayfair. <laughs> she probably liked to keep it that way. But Jennifer Hudson, I feel like, is like, yeah, fuck it. She needs she needs a paycheck. I think I can stay out after midnight. I'm allowed. <laughs> Jennifer fucking Hudson. <laughs> Try telling me now. Well, what do you what do you say we get back to giving this little album a little rating? Well, yeah, let's do it. So I'm. What are your closing thoughts? I overall 
there's a few songs that I definitely like white horse. Absolutely going to put that in the country rotation. Um, you know, South Dakota, probably the same, but I'm just going to say stream it on this one. I'm not going to say buy it. And if you're already like, you're, I know people are excited about this album. And if this is the kind of thing you like, this album is going to be fantastic for you. You were just about to hit me with my own. If you're the kind of person that <laughs> likes that kind of thing, this is the kind of thing you like. <laughs> I it's it's going to get an obvious buy it from me. With the metric being, I compare this to starting over because they were immediately next to each other mm-hmm. and being whelmed by starting over, neither under nor over, mm-hmm. just whelmed. So yes, ten things I hate about you. It is possible. <laughs> Larissa Olenek, what's going on? Where are you? What happened? So I I look at this in contrast to the last album, and I got more of what I wanted. I got more of what I liked. I saw him kind of, I think, open up different dimensions, but he didn't, like, change the universe. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. He went to different places, but he didn't go all the way. He dipped a toe in a lot of fun stuff, and I didn't see it as him half-stepping. I saw it as him just, like, trying shit on, playing around. Something like, I think I'm in love with you didn't land with me. And it was one of the funkier... Mm -hmm. It was one of the funkier pieces on the album, and it really didn't do much for me. Some of the ballads did, and I'm not usually a ballad guy. A Jim Steinman ballad all day, every day. Mm -hmm. It has to be, like, a really, really special one. It's all coming back to me now. Always meant to be sung. You talk about duets, always meant to be sung by, let's be honest, Meatloaf and a lady. I don't want to hear a man and a woman. Meatloaf and a woman. Yes. Um, You know, there's, I'm not a huge ballad guy. It's got to be a great one. And Chris Stapleton, I think, turned in a lot of, as faint and damning praises it sounds, serviceable ballads on this Mm -hmm. that I liked. They were a nice little kind of side quest from the rippers that are all over this thing. White Horse alone. Mm-hmm. Worth the price of admission, y'all go out and buy it. Yeah, that's in this. I'm not sure if we've had a split in a while, or such a gentlemanly one. Yeah, that was. I mean, because it's it's not. I didn't hate any of it. It just, you know, maybe it's just this kind that this style of country that I just really am not that into. I think I just want something with a little more of an edge to it. And a lot of these were like very sweet and very tender songs, you know, and there was a lot of, yeah. And I think, you know, maybe just the, not enough. I'm like a Colin Robinson on what we do in the shadows. Just need a little more negative energy, you know, just to feel alive. There you go. I like that. We got a lot of friends like that too, you know, in that way, we're kind of like a vampire's nest. Yeah. and And you can talk to our friends and you can be one of our friends. If you travel on over, to youtube.com forward slash C forward slash out on that line. You talk about us in the comments. You tell us what you thought of the album. Did you love it? Did you hate it? Would you stream it? Would you buy it? We won't know until you tell us. And while you're down there, go ahead and subscribe. Hit that little bell, the little notification thing. So whenever we do anything cool, which is whenever we do anything, you'll know about it. Alex, do you have any closing thoughts? Yeah, if you are willing to subscribe to the channel and get down in the comments, I would like one or more of you to leave me a recipe for a low-fat, low-calorie beer cheese. A low-calorie beer cheese recipe. I tried to get one out of the AI 
project management software that we use at work. It just couldn't figure it out for me. Someone out there's got to have it. Why do I want to do it? No clue. I just want to do it. So why don't you let me know exactly what I got to do at youtube.com forward slash C forward slash out on that line. Until next time. <laughs>